good morning, church, once again. Good morning. Yeah. Um, it's good to be here in the house of God. And I wish we could have stayed longer worshipping God, waiting on God. Uh, but as you know, God is apart from time, but we are bound by time. So we do have to move on. So we have moved on. Um, we are doing, we're continuing the series of emotionally healthy spirituality. And today's topic is learning to love well. Now, this is a topic that takes a lifetime to learn. How on earth are we going to learn to love well within the space of 20 minutes? We can't. And that's the main um, emphasis of this message, is that when we learn to love, we never stop learning to love. And hopefully, by the end of today, you would have been encouraged to grow in your uh, journey of love. And that's including me as well. Before uh, we start, let's um, pray. I would like you to invite. I would like to invite you to close your eyes as I read a selection of verses from First John chapter three, and let the word of God wash over us. <coughs> Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. We love him because he first loved us. Father God, we thank you for your love, a love far beyond what we can comprehend or imagine. We thank you for Jesus, who came and lived among us, loved us, and laid down his life for us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, through whom your love is poured out in our hearts. Help us to truly love you and one another. Wash us with water by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, how do you learn to love well? We learn to love well by looking at him who loves, who is love. And that's how we start to learn to love well. When God created man on the sixth day, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And what is that image of God, that likeness of God? That image and the likeness of God is that he is a being with emotions. So the major difference between us and all the other creation is that we can feel. We can feel emotions. I know there are some animals who do feel emotions, but the ability to articulate those emotions and to be able to make decisions based on the emotions belongs only to us as human beings in all of God's creation. And that is because God himself is an emotional being. Emotions wheel, that's going to come up in the screen right now. This is just a very small snapshot of the variety of emotions we as human beings are capable of. Little children, they express their emotions unreservedly. But as part of growing up, 
we are taught to control ourselves, we are taught self-control, and therefore we lose out on being able to express these emotions unreservedly. Self-control is needed for a civilized society to exist. But sometimes we exercise so much caution because we want to be careful, we don't want to cause offense or be offended, and we want to maintain that civilness among us that we practice this. So we're all familiar with this. But what we practice sometimes in our community is not social, physical social distancing, but emotional social distancing. And we wear a mask. Because we want to safeguard ourselves from getting hurt or offended. And we do not want to hurt or offend others as well. So sadly, many times when we meet together, even in church, we wear a mask and we emotionally distance ourselves. And that's because you may have been hurt before. All of us have been hurt before and have hurt others. Today's message is not to condemn you, it's not to call you out of emotional lockdown if that's where you are. Today's today is an invitation from God who created you, from God himself who created you, to come out of emotional darkness, to be set free, to truly experience all the feelings and emotions that are a God-given part of your life. So emotions are not bad. They make life richer. And we need to know that. Genesis 6, verse 6, gives us a glimpse of some of God's emotions. In fact, two of God's emotions. After Adam and Eve decided to give the whole earth over to God's, God's enemy, Genesis 6, 6 says, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. But thank God for Romans 5.8, which says, God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he invites us to do the same. So what we see here is God did not shut himself off from emotions. He did not decide to be emotionally distant when we hurt him. He allowed himself to feel deeply these emotions of grief and regret. And over all of these, he put on love. He covered those with love. And what he expects of us is that he invites us to do the same. Allow ourselves to feel the emotions that we do feel when we are in community and when we love each other and cover all of these emotions with love. And that's what today's message is. It's to invite you to richly enjoy the community, the fellowship, the family that Jesus died so that we could have fellowship with him. It's very, very, very hard to love people. It's very hard, even your own children. It's very hard. <laughs> Not all the time, most of the time it's good, but yeah. 
Um, so this is a quote from Dostoevsky's novel and Pete Casero, who wrote the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is what we are preaching on, quotes the same thing in his book from Dostoevsky. Love in practice is a harsh and dreadful thing compared to love in dreams. We all know that. Love is not just a fuzzy, euphoric feeling that we have in our hearts. It's hard work. In fact, when we come together in community, it's easier to be detached, professional, follow a prescriptive code of conduct, because that guards ourselves from the mess, the pain, and grief we encounter when we truly love. It's easy. It's easy to be detached. And many times I have taken the path to be detached. But I preach this. I'm preaching to myself the most. Because it's very hard to go through the process of being hurt and being grieved. It's very easy to see people as objects based on what they can give or what they can do and what service they can render. It's very easy. It's very hard every day, every moment to see people, to see people as those we can love and whose presence we can enjoy and who we can bless. So Pete Casero refers to these two choices of seeing people as the I-it and the I-thou relationship. I-thou relationships are based on love, mutual respect, and emotional investment. It's hard work, a lot of energy, drains you. And this might mean we have to deal with a lot of emotions, wills, personalities, clashes, offenses, and grief. We're so scared to rock the boat that we withhold our emotions. Queen Elizabeth II said, grief is the price we pay for love. It certainly is. When we love deeply, we get hurt a lot more than we would if we hadn't loved. But God is not asking us to pay anything he has not paid already. He didn't just pay the price of grief once. It started from Genesis all the way up to Revelations when he says to the church, you have left your first love. It's grief all over and over and over again, multiple times. And God's raw emotions are explicitly revealed throughout the Bible. He does not hide his emotions. He reveals them to us. The climax of his grief was on Calvary. When God the Father chose to turn his face away from the only begotten son whom he loved greatly in his hour of anguish and agony, and God the Son, who always referred to God as my father, could not say my father at that time. Because the father turned his face away. And he's cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that was the climax of God's grief. 
and he allowed us, he exposed that raw emotion of grief that he felt, and he allowed us worthless human beings to see it. And this answer to Jesus' question, why, is in 2 Corinthians, Romans 5. Uh, sorry, I forgot to click a few of the slides. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's the reason. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son as a duty. He sent his Son because he loved. And that's what he expects us to do. If you have never received, you might have been coming to church many years but you might never have given your heart to Jesus. Because you see, it's possible to come to church and not be fully emotionally invested in Jesus. If that is you, right now as you're sat there, as you're looking at me, in your heart, will you not say, Jesus, I want to give you my whole heart. Me, on my own, my life. It's the best thing you can ever do. He's gentle and lowly. He will never, ever control you. He would love you, and he will cause you to understand the depths of his love. It's true that grief is the price we pay for love. But it's also true that joy is a great reward we receive when we truly love. The deeper the love, the greater the joy. And when we choose to be detached and not fully give our hearts to one another, we lose out on that joy. It's such a deep joy to be loved by God's people. And that's what Hebrews 12.2 says. You know the climax of grief that Jesus allowed himself to, submitted himself to? It's for this reason. Who? Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that is why Jesus endured the cross. And that's the same invitation for us. Dare to love. Dare to give in to emotions. Cover it with love. We do go through grief and suffering and sorrow, but we will have moments of great joy. And in heaven, we are going to enjoy being joyful forever. So that leaves us with a question. If God loves us deeply and has openly demonstrated his emotions, do we have to do the same? The Bible is very, very clear about it. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, this is such a great faith, removing mountains, but have not love, 
I am nothing, absolutely nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So the Bible is very clear that we are called to love. We love God because he first loved us. And we love one another because we love God. In our journey to love well, we, uh, we've heard about the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, which is a brilliant course. There are lots of tools that help us to love well that is there in the book. But in our journey to love well, there is no shortcut formula. These are very good practices and procedures that we can follow, but we need to be very careful that we don't make broken systems out of these practices. We should go again and again to that fountain of living water and draw from Jesus, the love that has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It's an everyday taking his yoke to learn from him, and it's an everyday taking up the cross to follow him. We go to him again and again. Um, when we look at Jesus' life when he lived on the earth, when he met with people, he noticed people. He was fully present for people. He was authentic with people. He listened and he spoke the truth in love. And he accepted people as they are authentically. So we're going to practice that now. So I would expect everybody to volunteer. <laughs> that is a command. So I'm going to ask three volunteers initially. I'm not going to make you embarrass you or anything. So three volunteers, please. Trust me. Nobody's willing to trust me. In that case, I'll have to work. Thank you, Esther. Uh, thank you, Craig. And thank you, Victoria. Come on. I'd like you to come up to the front. I have three people who trust me. Good. I'd like you to, I don't know, yeah, maybe there. Thank you. If you can face each other like a triangle, yeah? Brilliant, yeah? A bit closer because you need to speak to each other. Yeah, I'm not going to let it, yeah, this way. So what I'm going to ask all of us in the church to do, oh, yeah, that's okay, yeah. Just, no, you have to be a triangle. I was going to move there, so I'm going to Oh, oh I see, I see, Somebody yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, that's a good point. Yeah, great, this way. So I'd like us to get in groups of three, but follow the instructions carefully first. I'd like us to get in groups of three like this and stand like that so that we can all see each other's face as well. So we are present and we are looking at each other's faces. And then what I'd like you to do is, um, I'd like you to be your authentic self. For example, if, uh, who shall I pick? Emma is not here. Emma Pickering is not here. Okay. If Emma is there, for example, don't be thinking in your head, at the end of this, I need to ask her where the key to the cupboard is or something like that. Yeah? So don't do anything like that. Just be authentic. Just look at the other person as they are. Don't think about uh, what have I got for dinner at home or anything. Try to be fully present for them. 
And then I'd like you to ask them, what can I pray for you? That's all. What can I pray for you? Full attention, fully focused, be authentic. Just ask, what can I pray for you? We don't have that much time, so I'm not going to have all three of you the chance to answer the question. Only one of you answer the question. Take under a minute to say that, yeah? Because I'm going to time this. It's going to be only three minutes. Al, do you have a timer on your phone? Three minutes. Yeah, not now. When we start. Thank you, Al. So what can I pray for you? And I'd like the other two to give full attention to that. And when you've asked, let's say Esther says something, and Victoria maybe is going to pray for that. One of you choose to pray. Not two of you, only one, because we don't have time. And then repeat to Esther, Esther, am I right in understanding this is what you want me to pray for? So this tells the person that you fully understood, that you're clear about what you're praying for. And then I'd like Victoria to pray for Esther. Does that make sense? Is everyone clear about what we're going to do? And if you, if you can be seated and have this triangle, that's fine. Otherwise, I'm sorry, you have to get up. You have to get up and move. And also, I'd like you to be quiet when you talk to each other because background noise may mean that other people can't hear you. So you want to be heard. You want to listen. So please give full attention. And even Nigel, Al, Colin, every one of you, drop your eldership things, yeah? Drop everything. Be you, yeah? So when you look at Colin, don't think I'm going to have to say to him the audio is very poor or something like that. Just look at him as a person. Yeah, does that make sense? The audio is, is really brilliant, by the way, Rob. I didn't mean for... Yeah. Is that clear? So uh, once I saw the timer, it's only going to be three minutes. So at the end of three minutes, I'd like you to come back and sit in your seat. Don't just start talking because I'm going to give you more instructions after that. Okay, off you go. Okay, time's up, church. Can we please come and sit down quietly? Thank you, thank you, Al. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Um, um, can we have a round of applause for Esther, Victoria, and Craig? Oh, thank you. That's, that was so easy. Uh, you're much, much better than my class. That's cool. <laughs> okay, yeah. Brilliant. Now, this is the instruction that I said that I'm going to give you after this. Throughout this week, carry that prayer in your heart. Carry that person in your heart. Because that's how we build community. That's how we love. We don't just give. It's not out of sight, out of mind. You carry them in your heart. You know, sometimes we forget names, we forget faces. And that's because we are so busy that we don't carry people in our hearts. Switch off TV, give up half an hour of TV maybe every day, sit and think through the faces you saw in church. Sit and think through. It's like recap, memory, revision that we teach at school. And pray. It's powerful carry people in their hearts, in your hearts. And remember, when you carry some other people in your hearts, remember there are about 10, of, 10 others carrying you in their hearts. How wonderful it is to be known, we are loved, we are prayed for every day. Carry this.
and try to do this every, don't do it like a broken cistern, do it because it's in your heart, because people are in your heart. God carries you in his heart. He's engraved you in the palm of his hand. We are loved, and therefore we love. Don't block that love and keep it for yourself. We're just going to finish. I just thought I'll finish. Can I go for another three, four minutes? Yeah. So just a few quick things. It takes a lifetime, millions of lifetimes, to learn how to love well. I'm just going to do a few things. There are times when we, in our small group, uh, we've learned to love each other so much. They're like family. People are like my mom and dad, my sisters. And I absolutely love getting together with them. We have laughter. We have fun. We, um, I mean, Dave, he's not here today. He always kind of takes the mic and uh, <laughs> makes uh, folks fun at people. And we, we just love our small group. There's so much great joy and anticipation when we get together. And we can't wait to get together. And there's a lot of food as well. But in all of that, remember to remember Jesus. It's so easy to make it a social and forget the one who is the reason for why we gather. Remember, take, make, take every opportunity to mention his name. And every prayer you pray, mention the name of Jesus. He is worthy to be mentioned. Don't just pray. Remember, it's Jesus. He is the reason. Um, there are likely to be heartaches, offenses, conflicts, where there's emotional investment. Be prepared for it. Commit to suffer for his sake. If no one else is picking up the basin and the towel, you do. We have some amazing people, the kids workers. Last week I was with them, and I see the amazing work they do. They are the ones who are serving, picking up the basin and the towel. Ready to wash others' feet, even Judas' feet, just like Jesus. He set us an example. Sometimes we may go through suffering, and we may have clashes or issues, because God wants to refine us. He wants to purify his church. He's making us ready for his coming. Submit to be refined. Search your heart. Learn from him whatever he's trying to teach you. And the third thing is, receive God's comfort. Sometimes some people are very mean to you, and you just go cry to God. And you know, he comforts you. It's brilliant. It's amazing when God comforts you when you have been hurt. Receive it from him. He's the comforter. He's the God of all comfort. Fourthly, forgive as you have been forgiven. It caused Jesus everything to forgive you. It costs you nothing to forgive others. Nothing. You don't have to pay for it. Why would you not forgive? I'm <coughs> preaching this to myself. You cannot forgive in your own strength, but he will give the grace, only if you're willing. He will give. Fifthly, try to go and speak to the person you disagree with. Try to reconcile. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide the conversation. If it's not possible, that's okay. Forgive anyway. So I'm just going to finish now by reading something. Not every day is a good day. Show up anyway. Not everyone tells the truth. Trust anyway. Not everyone will love you back. Love anyway. 
Not every game will be fair. Play anyway. It's love that sets apart the church from any other social organization. The world will know that we are his by the love that we have one for another. I'm just going to ask, invite um, some of you to stand up if you would like to. If you are a person who wants to come out of emotional lockdown because you've been so hurt and you're struggling, I'd like you to stand. If you are struggling to forgive others and break free of the past hurts that you have had, I'd like you to stand up. If you've never received Jesus, if you've never really given your heart to Jesus and just for namesake said some things, words which were not from your heart, today is an opportunity for you to receive Jesus and his love. If you want to love more deeply, you know you do love, but you'd like to actually grow in it. I'd like you to stand up as well. And before we pray, this week's task is sign up to join a group. That's the task. It's wonderful. It's so much community and love and laughter and fun in joining a group. There is tears. There is, you do get annoyed sometimes and misunderstood sometimes. That's okay. You're God's people. We love each other. So I'd like us to stand if we would like to. If we, the rest of us, if you could close our eyes. So if you want to come out of emotional lockdown, or if you want to struggling to forgive, break free of the past, or if this is the first time and you want Jesus to receive Jesus in your life, or if you do know you are, you do love God, you do love God's people, but you want to actually grow more in it, you want to love more deeper, please do stand. I am standing as well. I want to be prayed for for myself as well. And when I pray, I'm praying for myself as well. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you because you did not choose to hide your emotions from us. You openly declared your raw emotions to us. You made yourself vulnerable for us. And Jesus, today, I don't know what's in the hearts of everyone who are standing here, but I pray that you will cause us to love you more deeply and love one another more deeply than we have ever before. Help us never, ever to leave our first love. Call us out to love, to love and give more and more, Lord. Help us to connect. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I declare over Great Gateway today, let the walls, let the emotional lockdown and the walls between us be broken in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that Gateway will be a church filled with love for one another, that even as people walk in the doors, they can tangibly feel the love of God when they walk in, Lord. And Lord, that we will be a church, the church that Jesus, you died for, purchased with your blood, and help us to be so, Lord. We bless you and we love you. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.